0: Welcome everyone, Exodus 33, we're going to look at that number now, not like the occultist. Uh, Do you realize that uh, Christ was 33 when he went to the cross? And we're using the uh, numbers that are there in Luke for that, for this three-year, as they call it, ministry, Christ's teaching is beyond any ministry, but (laughs) I don't think there's a word to describe it. In the occult in, though, they say that Osiris enters each phase. See, uh, the occultism, the astrology is based on flat earth. And the sun moves into each phase between the 30 and 33rd degree as he goes to the next uh, section. Uh, you know, um, and that is your sun sign, it's called. And that that's because the sun entered uh, as you were born. It was in a certain phase around that pancake of the earth. But we're not going to do that here. We're going to look at this differently because we have this talk of the angel of the Lord. In fact, we have the Lord allowing Moses to look on his glory here, okay? And this is a famous one here. So here we are, chapter 33, in the book of Exodus, and on we go. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart, and go up hence, Thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt unto the land which I swear unto Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. Okay, and that gets started there in Genesis. It gets repeated over and over and over. Two, and it says... uh, And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Three, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee for thou art a stiff-necked people lest i consume thee in the way so did you just hear that out of all this and this uh worshiping of Moloch. after all the miracles now he's not going to be in the midst of them like he was how about that how about blowing that What an opportunity, right? (laughs) So now I will not go up in the midst of thee for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. That's burn you up, write you out. Okay, so instead he sends an angel for it says in a new paragraph, New paragraph, and when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on him his ornaments. Or, or, or ornaments, to pronounce it correctly, period. And they need to mourn, and they need to not backslide anymore, right? Okay, in 5 it says, For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. In 6, it says, And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And again, that is Sinai. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp, period. Okay, see how they lost the right to have the tabernacle right in the middle of them. In 8, it says, And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle and it came to pass in nine as Moses entered into the tabernacle the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses and when you read this and you've heard about this all these years the real awesomeness of this hits you and how when this kind of thing happens I'm not talking about their man-made fake clouds that they got their rolling clouds that they use here I guess the military puts them out DARPA puts them out Not those. This is the real deal here. This must have been an awesome sight. And there would be no reason to go against God, would there? And here, look at the Lord's talking with Moses there. Ten and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle, New new paragraph in 12, it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, shew me now thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And here's God talking back. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. So God is going right along with him. Now I go back to that angel that's going along with him, and I'm going back to what was said. Again, I send you right there to Acts. In chapter 7 there with Stephen on his, at his death, where Christ was standing on the right hand of the father and his uh, history that he gave to the Jews before they stoned him and he said that Christ was right here in the uh, right here in the cloud okay but anyway on into the scriptures 15 and he said unto him If thy presence go not up with me, carry us not up hence. For herein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. I'm going to read that again, okay. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight question mark is it not in that thou goest with us question mark so shall we be separated I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth all right uh, grandma used to say you're in the world but you're not of the world and there where it says come out of her my people that you be not partakers with the whore of babylon right doesn't mean go off grid means he's going to call you up and out of this world whether you're martyred whether you're called up hither uh there, well into the tribulation at the very rear of the vials there before the armageddon gathering he gathers his wheat into the barn there's a whole slew of people that have been martyred up to that point throughout the tribulation and we're not to be a partaker with the worldly deeds we're separate we don't do what the rest of the world does we are different we are God's peculiar treasure scripture says In 17, and the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also, that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, shew me thy glory. 19, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And they're harmonizing this with Romans nine fifteen. And I will be gracious unto whom I will be gracious and will shew mercy on whom I will show mercy. 20, and he said, thou canst not see my face For there shall no man see me and live. That's what I'm saying. Uh, You just can't look at the Father. All right. That's the point here. You got the image of the Father coming. That's Christ. If you've seen Christ, you've seen the Father, Scripture says. However, the glory of uh, the Father uh would kill you all right you just can't do it all right that being said 21 and the lord said behold there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock how about that little inference there standing on the rock okay or a rock here 22 and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put put thee in a cleft of the rock and I and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen okay so uh, It's not really complicated. You have the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The Spirit is in both, the Father and the Son, obviously. Every saint was given to uh, the Son by the Father, okay, by the Son, S-O-N, all flesh was created, the world was created. All things were created by the Son, and it was a gift from the Father. They are separate, but they are yet one. They are yet unified. And then Scripture teaches that in the world tomorrow, in the New Jerusalem world tomorrow, that the Father and Son and Holy Ghost will be even closer as one and will be a... Part of the great temple of God, the great New Jerusalem, and we can be part of all that. We can draw closer to God there. That's what the scripture teaches. And we'll just move on into uh, the next chapter, into 34. And we do have some repetitive stuff here. I don't know how many times it's said, but it's a bunch. So there's really no reason not to understand everything that's in the Old Testament and the New Testament and the Old Testament apocrypha. Uh, Verse 1 in Exodus chapter 34. And the Lord said unto Moses, You the two tables of stone, like unto the first, and i will write upon these tablet tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto mount sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount And no man shall come up with thee. Neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor the herds feed before that mount. Okay, and in four we have a new paragraph. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning, and went up unto Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud, and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and fourth generation. And uh, I'm going to add... A commentary note here from the last time he said this in the the Bible. uh, Of those that hate me, it says. Uh, So this is proper judgment. This is the goats from the sheep. This is right versus left. This is the people in the book and the people not in the book. Okay, so there's that. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped and he said if now I have found grace in thy sight O Lord let my Lord I pray thee go amongst us for it is a stiff-necked people and that's in parentheses and a pardon uh, and pardon our iniquity and our sin and and take us for thine inheritance new paragraph in 10 and he said behold I make a covenant before all thy people I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation and all the people amongst which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I do with thee. And folks, that terrible don't mean bad. That means awesome. It means uh, so great. Uh, Something that is just a one of a kind. So that word terrible has nothing to do with any evil, okay? It's a just balance here. Notice the wheat from the chaff. Notice that he's going to forgive them and try to do this amongst them. He's making this covenant. So he is giving them another chance to do right in his sight. 11. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Now remember what these people do. Remember that they breed with the fallen angel, Nephilim. Remember that they sacrifice their children. Remember that they mingle with the uh, gods of Canaan, the fallen angel demonic forces. All right, but here in chapter 34 we go on in 12 it says take heed to thyself lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land whether thou goest lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee okay and again that's yoking with people that you just can't yoke with and that includes today folks you got to beware, I've been going through that, who you're yoking with. You're going to run into these pagan people everywhere. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about yoking with these people, in this case, a covenant of some type. And uh, when you do that, then you're a partaker of their idolatry. Listen to this in 13. But ye shall destroy their altars break their images and cut down their groves. Grove is a sacred name for their nature worship. It is the planted grove where the slaying table and the idol go in amongst the grove. It's used to this very day in all their occultic properties where the shrines go in. There are... portholes there at the, it's no accident when they pick a place for this activity on the high place in the valley down in the cave it is no accident where they set these groves up okay it's on the porthole it's on the ley line and that's their religion up into not just communing with the fallen angels but mating with them okay that's their religion okay make of it what you will god says it's evil all right in 14 for thou shalt worship no other god for the lord whose name is jealous is a jealous god now there he gives you another title jealous capital j lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and they go a whoring after their gods, little g, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. So once again, there's a play act in their activity. There's the dancing and revelry. Uh, There's the feasting. There is the drunkenness. There is the... Lusts being fulfilled, there is the porthole opening, the speech by the high priest, the sacrifice of innocent blood, all that goes into their religion. Listen to this. Eat of their sacrifice. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods, and make thy sons go a whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods. Okay, now, once again, this was Solomon's big problem. He chose to know folly, it says in Ecclesiastes, the preacher, and he thought he could do that and have his heart not go astray as he chose to see what would be good And bad for people in his search for wisdom and his heart got taken away for a good while there okay but he came back and wrote that great book okay and uh, I ain't even gonna argue with some theologian that a that's smarter than the Bible okay that says that Solomon didn't write that well you're just calling the Bible a liar because that book says that solomon wrote it okay the preacher and he did come back as an old man and god forgave him now that's the way it is but what the point is is that he fell into this trap that we that he was warned about and they in first kings uh, it, it, we got an example of that First uh, Kings eleven two here ac- according to the translators. All right, so that is what you don't do, but what do we do? We can have a feast, yes, but we feast unto Yahovah. We feast unto Yahshua and we celebrate our relationship with them. That's what we do. Listen to this. In 18, in verse 18 here, the new paragraph the feast of unleaved bread shalt thou keep. Seven days thou shalt eat unleaved bread, as I commanded thee in the time of the month Abib. For in the month Abib thou Camest out from Egypt. 19. All that openeth the matrix is mine. And every firstling amongst thy cattle, whether ox or sheep, that is male. Okay, see? That's, That's the basis of the tithe. It has to be the firstborn of the cattle or of the uh, people doesn't matter that that's the basis of it it does it doesn't matter you could have a, a thousand head of cattle born if it wasn't one that opened the matrix it can't be taken here to give to the Lord it's all a similitude of the firstborn child Yeshua Jesus Christ okay that's what it is the unblemished sheep the firstborn the only begotten son all right so in 20 it says but the firstling of an ass thou shall redeem with a lamb and if thou redeem him not then thou then shalt thou break his neck All the firstborn of thy sons thou shalt redeem, and none shall appear before me empty, okay? So here, he's not going to accept an ass, all right? You got to get a lamb in that place. And uh, with the firstborn sons, you do the same thing. There is animals that come in in place of your firstborn son that broke the matrix. Okay. So there's that, the redeeming. New paragraph 21. Six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In hearing time and in harvest thou shalt rest. New paragraph twenty two and thou shalt observe the feast of weeks and the first fruits of wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Another paragraph mark here Thrice in the year shall all your young men thrice in the year shall all your men. Men, children, appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. And he takes pleasure in that. 24, for I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders. Neither shall any man desire thy land when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God. Thrice in the year so he's going to cause peace at that time see if they knew you were going up with all your young men that would be a time to attack you you wouldn't be thinking about war you'd be thinking about God and that happened folks the Maccabees is full of that did you know that they'd wait till the Sabbath or there was a feast where they knew that the Israelites weren't ready to fight on that day. And that's when they would attack them. How about that? See, they had snitches there. Uh, countrymen, fellow fellow Israelites that were telling the uh, world government people when to attack. How about that? So that's in 24. It, um. Like I said, thrice in a year. Twenty five, thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with Leaven, neither shalt the sacrifice of the feast of Passover be left unto morning. This is all repeats and back in chapter twenty three he went over this. Twenty-six the fir- the first of the first fruits. Of thy land, thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see a kid in his mother's milk. We went through that. And all that's in Exodus 23 and Deuteronomy 27. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. 28, and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. There's that number again, 40. The number of chapters we have here. See, the translators were teaching us the importance of 40. So, and he was... There with the Lord forty days and forty nights, he did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. 29 is a new paragraph, and it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, When he came down from the mount, okay, uh, that was with the two tables all the way down from the mount. That was parentheses, and they end after the mount there. That Moses was not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So he's just full of the spirit. Uh, His face is doing like Stephen's there in Acts chapter 7, where everyone thought he was an angel. They stoned him anyway, didn't they? 30, it says, And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. Thirty-one, and Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. Thirty-two, and afterward all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Thirty-three, and until moses had done speaking with them he put a veil on his face okay now if you want to see paul's take on he's using this as a similitude of people not being being afraid they're being afraid of god they're being afraid to do right in his sight and that's in second corinthians and they're giving us the verses here in chapter three, thirteen. And uh, Paul used that as a uh, allegory of them not being able to understand the laws that they're supposed to know. Uh, the, the wisdom and understanding is not with them. There's a veil over that. Remember that, table people? Yeah. In 34, it says, but when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which he was commanded. 35. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again, until he went in to speak with him. With who? with God Almighty, with the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the angel of God, Christ there, the image of the Father. That's who he's talking to. And uh, so like I said here, uh, this veil, um, he's talking about them not being able to understand scriptures that are just plainly talked about. And this is the reason why some people, not all of them, not all of them at all, couldn't grasp the fact that this is their savior, that, that they're attacking. Now, who were the people doing that? Well, the people really responsible for that, we know, were the uh, Pharisees. And they have the Kabbalah, and they have the Talmud, and they have the Zohar. And, they, and those harmonize with all the other satanic gospels all the doctrines of the canaan and their fallen angel worship that's what this is so paul used it as an allegory and uh, that's what this is what he was referring to there in exodus